the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Folks, welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show. It's a nutritious smoothie of creamy, fresh yogurt, vanilla, protein powder, and a mushy banana for your mind. Drink it all down. It's nummy. I want vanilla. I want, I want vanilla. <clears throat> Here comes Eric Metaxas. Welcome to what I refer to as Hour 2. Technically, it comes after Hour 1. Uh, and actually, it does come after Hour one. But in hour two today, folks, guess what we're going to talk about? I think I told you uh, in hour one, we're going to talk right now with Gavin Wax, who's the president of the New York Young Republicans Club, about what is happening today on Tuesday in New Hampshire, the primary. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to talk about that. But first, today's a big day for you, Gavin Wax. Today, your book is out today, The Emerging Populist Majority. You sound like a fascist authoritarian like me. (laughs) Populism, what's that about? Pitchforks and torches and stuff? The emerging populist majority. I'm so excited. Congratulations to you. Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Uh, You know, it was a long time coming, but I think uh, I couldn't have come out on a better day today. Uh, The primary in the Granite State. I think this is going to be the uh, culmination of years of this ascendant movement finally, you know, reaching a sort of crescendo, a peak. Well, not a peak. It's it's only as a lot more to go, but we've only begun to peak. We've only begun. It's not the girl in high school, but uh, no, we're we're moving upward and upward. And this is a movement that uh, is really fighting against the globalism of our time, the open borders, the forever wars, the uh, the offshoring of jobs, you know, the depreciation of American wages, the eroding of the culture, all of these these uh, parts of the, the stagnation and the, the decline of, uh, of America, the broader Western world. Populism is the recipe to fight back against it, to fight back against an elite uh, who are certainly out of touch. So uh, I think I can't think of a better day for it to uh, be released than the day that uh, Donald Trump is going to defeat uh, Nikki Birdbrain Haley by, uh, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 points. Now, when you say bird brain, is that nice? Um, it may be accurate, but is it nice is my question. Listen, politics is not a nice game. This is a blood sport, and uh, you have to fight for keeps. You have to fight to win. I respect the left for doing that. I want the Republicans and, and our side to fight as ferociously as they do, except we're just fighting for the right cause. Well, so in all seriousness, uh, Trump, Trump – look, we have to be clear. Um, your book is The Emerging Populist Majority, okay? And part of what – populism is about um, is you you have figures uh, actually Martin Luther about whom I've written a biography he was one of them people who may be brilliant but have the ability to speak the language of the common man often with humor in a way that connects now that can be used for evil Mm -hmm. or it can be used for good Hitler had a little bit of that I think he used it for evil but Trump is one of those characters who 
is absolutely hilarious. And it's why people who don't like him hate him because he is so funny and so entertaining and says the thing that everybody's thinking. And his ability to tag people with names is it's literally unprecedented. There's no one in public life in my lifetime who has ever pulled this off. I mean, he did he invent this? It's unbelievable. I mean, he calls Ted Cruz Lion Ted. It sticks. Then, you know, Ted Cruz uh, pulls out of the, the primary in 2016, and now they're friends and they're working together, right. and he never calls him Lion Ted again. Right, right. DeSantis just, uh, you know, he, he was being uh, pilloried by, you know, Ronda Sanctimonious. And then, you know, when, when uh, Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, endorsed Trump, Trump said officially, I'm retiring the term Ron DeSanctimonious, which right. I'm, I'm sure uh, he will. Yes. But he, he tagged um, Nikki Haley, who is his only opponent today, uh, as bird brain. I don't know where <laughs> in the world he came up with that. He, he's not a drinking man, so it wasn't like he's in his cups and he's popping this stuff out. Where in the world and why would he call her a bird brain? Well, listen, I, I think he's brilliant in many ways, and I think the way that he's able to effectively label his opposition and his opponents and do it in a way that sticks, that's catchy, it's just part of uh, you know his his uh, you know arsenal of uh, weapons and tactics that he's used brilliantly over the last few years since he emerged onto the the national political stage. And as far as Nikki Birdbrain Haley is concerned, I think it's a perfect name. I mean, you know, she just kind of has big hair. She doesn't really know much. Uh, she says things that are a little bit. Uh, empty. You know, she could be filled with any consultant-driven or approved talking point uh, at the drop of a hat. So I think it's a perfect name, and I think uh, it's stuck. And listen, I think after tonight, if she uh, has the uh, wherewithal to uh, step down and, uh, you know, end her presidential campaign before being embarrassed in South Carolina, I think uh, President Trump will extend the graciousness to her as he has to his opponents from the past and retire uh, Nikki Birdbrain, and she can go back to being uh, Governor Haley. Well, the, the only the difference between Nikki Haley uh, and Vivek uh, and Ron DeSantis is that she, to me, in a way that they don't at all, um, really personifies uh, everything. Who, well, how do I put this? Those of us who are. America firsters, or we believe in in in, in the MAGA concept, um, who are genuine conservatives, we we have um, well, I, I guess I would say what I was saying. Nikki Haley, in in a sense, really personifies the uniparty, uh, you know, globalist um, rhino worldview. It's it's a horrifying thing to see yep. that a lot of the people that many of us voted for in the past and championed in the past. That they were, they were sort of along for the ride. They 100%. weren't fighting for America, but she personifies that in yep. in, in a way that is. Um, it's a little bit chilling to me that that we could have a candidate right now uh, wanting to be president of the United States and the Republican Party who is for most of the stuff that I'm against. 
Well, listen, I think the uh, silver lining here and the way to look at it positively is that she has no real constituency or base. She has no viable path forward. You know, New Hampshire was probably going to be her strongest state, and she's still going to lose it by a very uh, by a very big uh, margin. And that's a state that they allow Democrats to vote in, independents, same-day voter registration, all that. So she was able to sort of uh, pull in non-traditional, non-conservative voters. But after this, she's going to get destroyed in her home state, a state that she served as the governor of. She has no path uh, for the rest of the electoral map. So I think as much as we detest uh, what she represents, ideologically speaking, the forever wars, the globalism, the elitism, this sort of out of touch uh, country club republicanism of yesteryear, uh, the, 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 the saving grace is that she has no base. She has no viable path forward. And the Republican Party writ large has rejected that brand of politics. Uh, and it's going into the dustbin of history. But there's still so many rhinos, uh, so many people that they're fighting for her view of the Republican Party. That's what's so horrifying, and I think Ronna McDaniel is one of them. They're certainly in positions of power. You have the donor class. You have certain individuals embedded in the media and the party apparatus, and that takes time. You know, the party is transitioning. Uh, it's, it's reinventing itself in a similar way. The party went from being the Rockefeller Party uh, of the 1950s and 60s into the party of Reagan and Goldwater in many ways, that sort of fusionist conservative Republican Party. That took 20-something years. It took a few, it took, uh, a few decades, and we're in the same midst of that right now, and we're going to see changes happen at the local, at the state level, and eventually at the national stage, but I think President Trump is uh, an accelerationist. He's pushed this uh, as fast as it can possibly happen, and uh, I think it's for the better for the country and uh, for the party as a whole. Are, uh, okay, so, you know, while we're having this conversation, people are voting in New Hampshire. Um, what is your uh, prediction? What is your sense of what we're going to see uh, late tonight or tomorrow when, the, when, when we get the results? I think we're going to see a similar uh, result to what we saw in Iowa, maybe even a, a bigger result. I think, you know, it's very possible that he could be getting in the mid-50s, maybe 55 percent of the vote, which is astounding considering this was a state that uh, he was uh, polling uh, far tighter than he was in Iowa. Um, you know, the polls were kind of neck and neck for a little bit between him and Nikki, but he did, a, he did an amazing job of consolidating the field. You know, he came out swinging against Vivek just shy of the Iowa caucuses. Vivek bowed out respectfully. That's playing politics smart. So Vivek's voters, however many percentage points he was having uh, going into New Hampshire, are now consolidating around him. Uh, the pressure campaign was put on Ron DeSantis. He ended his uh, campaign as well. That's another consolidation. She did the same with Chris Christie, but it wasn't enough. And I think uh, the momentum coming out of Iowa uh, was very strong. It was a morale booster. And I think going into New Hampshire, he's uh, in a very strong position to win this, finish the primary up. Ideally, by tonight. I mean, there's no doubt that he's going to win tonight. The question is, by what kind of I think margin? She gets in the low 30s. We will be right back. I'm talking to Gavin Wax, whose brand new book is out today: The Emerging Populist Majority. Don't go away. For more than 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider standing behind their values and their exceptional service. They're an example of putting the cause ahead of profits, and it's why I am proud to partner with them. Starting today, Patriot Mobile is extending their Black Friday deal to the Every Friday Matters deal, and you can get a free smartphone when you switch today. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you access to all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're 
supporting free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, our veterans and first responders, and more. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, keep your existing phone, or for a limited time, get a free smartphone from Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile.com slash metaxas or call 972-PATRIOT and use promo code FRIDAY76. Again, get a free smartphone with promo code FRIDAY76. This is a limited time offer. Join me, make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Metaxas or call 972-PATRIOT. Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in real gold and silver online. In a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped to your door. You have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time anytime. You'll see transparent pricing on each coin and bar. This puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. Gold hedges against inflation and against a volatile stock market. A true diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. This new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with a few clicks. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. You're going to love this free new tool they've added, Legacy pminvestments.com legacypminvestments.com check it out hi everyone if you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault listen up we have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back. We're talking to Gavin Wax, who's the president of the New York Young Republicans Club and who has a brand new book out today. Congratulations. It is called The Emerging Populist Majority, uh, and it's all about everything we're talking about right now. Um, I, I, I want to ask you again, because as we're having this conversation, people are voting in New Hampshire today. This is big. Um, and, you know, it seems clear that Trump will win, but it's kind of funny how, you know, uh, it's all about expectations. People kind of act like, well, yeah, we know he'll win, but by how much? It used to be winning was enough, right. but now it's like, well, will he crush her by, you know, 40 points uh, or, or 20 points? It, it's just – it's kind of funny to me that that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean it just goes to show that uh, he is the dominant force in the Republican Party. He is the leader of the Republican Party and his position uh, as such remains uh, unchallenged. It, it remains you know, strengthened, if anything, after this uh, primary process, which I think is healthy. But listen, I think uh, no one has been polling the way he's been polling. No one has been getting these results, for example, in Iowa that he has gotten in terms of the numbers, in terms of the number of counties. It was a 98, effectively 99 counties. Out uh, of 99. Correct. Honestly, that that is insane. Yeah. That is insane. People need to, you know, if the press were doing its job, 
it would it would say unprecedented, yep. crushing yep. victory beyond anything we've ever seen. And ever. spent a fraction of the money. I mean, everyone talks about dollars in politics. I think in Iowa, he spent something like 18 million, came out to just under 400 per voter. You know, both Ron uh, and Nikki spent close to 40 million in Iowa alone, you know, close to, I think it was like 12, 13, 14, 15, 1600 per voter. I'm not good at math, but someone else can correct that later. And it just goes to show the numbers there. Uh, they plateaued. It didn't matter how much money they were spending, how much they put on ads, whatever. Uh, his lead, his support, his base could not be, uh, you know, chipped away at, and that shows a strong political movement that's here to stay beyond Trump and, and going into the decades to come. I, I have to say, uh, it's interesting to me that Ron DeSantis pulled out of the race before uh, today, uh, and through his endorsement to Trump. Why do you think that was? I mean, I'm just trying to understand. I, I have said before that I think Ron DeSantis, being, um, you know persuaded uh, to run against Trump. It was a disaster. And and I if I could have advised him, I would have said, please, for your own career, for the country, don't do that. Um, Your time will come. Uh, You know, you're an extraordinary governor. Um, But I think that gigantic money persuaded him. And this is what happens, right? They get behind somebody like him. They get behind somebody like Nikki Haley. They're people with a ton of money. They hate Trump's guts and they will do anything. it's not working, but that seems to be what happened in the case of, of Ron DeSantis. What, what do you think his calculation was saying, I'll get out before New Hampshire? Well, I'm shocked he didn't get out right after Iowa because his whole campaign was Iowa first. It was Iowa focused, the evangelical vote. You know, it was the state that best aligned with the campaign he was running. And uh, the results were uh, embarrassing for him, uh, to put it mildly. So I'm shocked that he waited as long as he did. Uh, I think he probably would have been better off doing it immediately after the caucuses. He waited just before New Hampshire when it was clear that he was polling at five, six percent. He probably wasn't going to be able to come in uh, second in South Carolina either. So uh, honestly, uh, I think there was a bit of a delay. I think there was probably some people that finally got in his ear and gave him good advice. And they said, listen, uh, Governor, this is over. Uh, you know, you want to save face. You want to save your future political capital, a potential future run. You need to you need to step down now and, and endorse. I think it was it was sound advice. I think it was good advice. I think they were hoping for some kind of one on one type of fight. Uh, but he didn't have the money or the resources to go into a long haul fight. And even if it was a one V one, if President Trump is winning 50 point victories in these states, 51, 55, maybe even 60 points, 70 in places like Nevada that they're polling. It doesn't matter if it's a 1v1 race. The race is effectively over, and he can't collect a win under his belt. There's no momentum. There's no morale boosting. It's just a it's just a decline and burning through political capital needlessly. So I think finally the facts, the numbers, the reality finally set in. Uh, and honestly, you, you mentioned the donors. You mentioned the guys with the money. I think they saw this was not the ROI they were expecting, and they put their eggs now in the Nikki Birdbrain uh, Haley basket. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll they'll see again that it, it was also a bad ROI, a bad political. Investment. I think, I, you know, your your book is called The Emerging Populist Majority. And I want to say uh, again, congratulations that it's out today. But I think your average American is finally getting wise to what what has happened over the years. In other words, when everybody got behind Jeb Bush, when I I'm sorry, not everybody, when the big money right. got behind Jeb Bush, um, that used to work in a sense right. that that they, they they would put their zillions behind these candidates, but Trump comes into that and he is the ultimate spoiler. I mean, he just I never dreamt uh, that that anybody 
of his talent would be on a stage being able to make mincemeat of these flat-footed politicians because you never saw how flat-footed they were because everybody's flat-footed right. until somebody like that comes out there and just uh, really holds their em- feet to the fire. It embarrasses them. Uh, you know what he did in his debates with Hillary. It was nothing less than astonishing. People are gasping all over the world watching these clips of him speaking truth. Yep, speaking truth, and everybody goes, "Wow, he said it." Um, he did that with Jeb Bush, uh, you know, when he talked about the Iraq war. I think most Americans were like, what? Wow. Yep. Um, What's the defining moment? So it, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, you talk about a pivot yeah. away uh, from the Uniparty, from the, uh, the neocons, uh, from Dick and Liz Cheney. Uh, it really is. It's just an amazing thing to watch. Um, and Trump has that. He has that talent. And, and, and this money, I mean, when I think about the people who spent like $200 million, I, I guess, least, on, yeah, on DeSantis, least, or yeah. I don't know, they really – what is it about Trump that threatens them so much? <laughs> well, I think a certain part of it is, is ego. I think some of it is, is just sort of raw emotion. Uh, but I obviously think that he represents a threat to the establishment, and I think that's probably one of the, the – biggest indicators that, uh, you know, individuals such as ourselves and people that think like us should be supporting him because they view him as a legitimate threat and they're putting their money where their mouth is, that he is able to go into D.C., shake up the system, shake up this rent-seeking, grifting, you know, a culture of corruption and decay that has dominated, you know, the capital and, and the country as a whole for many decades. And I think, you know, talking about how the donors are so out of sync with the voters, you know, I think that dichotomy is so stark because there really is a disconnect there. And no matter how much money they spend, they can't make up the difference with actual, you know, with voters on these bread and butter issues. And he was able to look very simply, very clearly at the at the the issues facing the country, the issues facing the American people and speak truth to power. And it's something that many of these politicians, flat footed, you know, paper tigers, however you want to describe them, they were not capable or willing or able to identify these issues and speak to them. They were simply, you know, regurgitating the, the dry, stale, old talking points that had carried them in the past, but the country is not the same country it was 20, 30 years ago. So you could get away with being a bit lazy, a bit you know, less on the cutting edge of things when things were generally good. When things are going south, you really need a leader. And I think he stepped up to the plate in a big way. And I think the moments you described on the debate stage really set the tone uh, for everything moving forward, shifting the Overton window, changing the discussion, breaking old uh, you know, sort of uh, traditions as it came to the Republican Party and the war in Iraq, for instance. So all positive, all movements in the right direction. And uh, he, he gets all the credit for it. Well, it's it's nothing anybody expected. I certainly didn't back uh, in 2016. I was I was not at all pro-Trump in the beginning. Uh, I'm a New Yorker. You know, I had a jaundiced view of of him. And when I think most Americans began to see over time uh, his ability to connect with crowds. And I think I have to be clear here that he seems genuinely to care about working class people. Um, Politicians always give lip service to working class people, but we now know that the elitists, uh, that the globalists, that the money class, they genuinely do not care about working class people. Um, And of course, there's a great irony. Why is it that this billionaire New York developer, real estate developer, cares about working class people? But he he simply does. And I, I, I guess my argument would be that if you love America, which he seems to, you're going to care about those who die on battlefields, uh, who send their kids 
uh, to, to, to fight wars who are struggling to pay the rent. You're, that, that is what America is. Right. And, and if you're so out of touch, as a lot of these elitists are, the moneyed class, you, you, you just don't know any of those kind of people. Correct. And, and, and it just it's reflected uh, in their views and their rhetoric. And I think at the end of the day, people find him to be genuine. He's not trying to pretend to be anything he's not. Is he a brash New York billionaire? Absolutely. He owns it. But at the same time, he speaks from the heart. He speaks to what he thinks matters and what he cares about. And he's been remarkably consistent on these issues. You go look at these old interviews from the 70s or the 80s or the 90s. He's talking about all the same things he's talking about now. And find one politician who is able to keep a track record consistent on on any issue going back 10, 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, certainly not Joe Biden, certainly not Barack Obama. I mean, just look in the last 10, 15 years how much their positions have changed on things from gay marriage to, to foreign conflict to wars, yeah. et cetera. It's called so. having no principles. Not that, there's, not that we're judging, not that we're judging, but it's called having no principles. Uh, folks, we'll be right back. I want to remind you, go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com. Uh, we have free screenings available for churches only. If you go to a church... Let them know about it. Got to do it. Letter to the American Church.com. We'll be right back talking to Gavin Wax. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful at lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Just the other night, I was asked that question. Well, the owners of Relief Factor tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and I agree with them. And the doctors who formulated Relief Factor for them selected the four best ingredients, yes, 100% drug-free ingredients, and each one of them helps your body deal with inflammation. Each of the four ingredients deals with inflammation from a different metabolic pathway. That's the point. So approaching from four different angles may be why so many people find such wonderful relief. If you've got back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or just getting older, you should order the three-week quick start discounted to only $19.95 to see if it'll work for you. It has worked for about 70% of the half a million people who've tried it and have ordered more. I'm one of them. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief to find out about this offer. Feel the difference. Hey, this is Eric Metaxas. For years, I've told you about Nutramedics, a professional supplement brand trusted by doctors since 1993. Nutramedics offers a variety of health bundles. Whether you want to support your immune system, improve your sleep, promote joint comfort or detoxification support, Nutramedics has a health bundle right for you. The best part about Nutramedics, every year they donate a minimum of 50% of their profits to Christian charities and missions. That's right, 50% of their profits. Nutramedics has a goal of surpassing $100 million in giving by by 2030. Many of you take supplements already. Switch to Nutramedics. It's the highest quality and they donate 50% of their profits. Get 15% off by using the code ERIC during checkout. Go to Nutramedics.com and search health bundles. Support your health while helping others in need. Go to Nutramedics. That's N-U-T-R-A-M-E-D-I-X.com. Nutramedics.com. Use the code ERIC for 15% off. Again, Nutramedics, N-U-T-R-A-M-E-D-I-X.com. Nutramedics.com. Use the code ERIC for 15% off. Welcome back. Talking to Gavin Wax, author of brand new book out today. Again, congratulations. Thank you. Big day Thank for you. a writer. Your book comes out today. The emerging populist majority. Uh, and we're talking about uh, Donald Trump uh, and 
his just commanding lead in these primaries. It's funny. Uh, yesterday I was at a dinner and I met a British pollster. But he said, and I could have sworn that he said he was an upholsterer. And I thought, an upholsterer to the queen, like one of, you know, a Germain Street uh, upholsterer. And he said, no, 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 upholster. Um, And we were asking him, what are his prognostications on what's going to happen today in New Hampshire? And the upholsterer said that uh, the most recent poll, Trump was ahead by 40 points. Now, he said he thought that would come down today. It wouldn't be so high. But I thought... Who ever talks about that kind of a lead? Yeah, it's it's incredible. I think everyone now, it's sort of like a, it's like a horse race. I mean, people are talking about you know, 50, 51, 55, 60, 65. I mean, it's incredible. But again, I think it shows and it's a testament uh, to the political strength of uh, Donald Trump and his movement. And uh, I think a lot of people have continuously underestimated him. They've continuously thought that, uh, you know, simply bringing more money to the field will change the dynamics politically, electorally or otherwise. And they continuously are proven wrong. Again and again and again, it's the same failings uh, of 2016. Now back in 2024, no one has learned uh, much during this time, apparently. And uh, we're going to go into New Hampshire, and it's going to be be another historic win uh, for the president. Now, and what do we have? Coming up next, we have Nevada. We have South. uh, The next state would be South Carolina, which is interesting because it's Nikki Haley's home state. Obviously, Ron didn't want to lose by a large number in his home state. That would be politically uh, destructive in Florida. But, you know, she's apparently still in it till South Carolina. And I think, you know, if she can't even crack, you know, a solid number there. I mean, talk about embarrassing. Talk about, you know, destroyed uh, political futures. I don't think she has much of of one anyway. This is sort of the last. I was going to say that DeSantis has a big political future. Vivek has a big political future. I don't see that for Nikki Haley. I think her day is done. The emerging populist majority will see to that. Correct. And I think, uh, you know, if you look at the numbers, if you add the DeSantis numbers, if you add the Vivek numbers and you add the Trump numbers in this primary, you're talking about an electorate uh, 90 something percent, 85 percent completely aligned with populism in, in these different shapes and forms. And, you know, you look at Nikki Haley's brand of republicanism. This looks like it's its dying last gasping breath of air. It belongs in the Democratic Party. Correct. I mean, and look, I think a lot of these, uh, you know, a lot of these neocons have have gone over to the Democrat Party over right. the years. You've seen, you know, the Lincoln Project and all these other uh, losers, you know, really embrace the Dems, the left, you know, completely get rid of any positions they once held uh, supposedly near and dear in terms of conservatism. So, uh, you know, that doesn't happen simply because they don't like Donald Trump. That happens because they never were true believers to begin with. And uh, he's simply his presence and his uh, his his force of character exposed them uh, for the frauds that they are. So let them run to the Democrat uh, machine and uh, we're all the better for it. Who do you think um, Trump will pick as his vice president and when do you suppose he would make that pick? I don't think he's rushing to pick it and I think that's been validated recently with uh, some comments he's made on the campaign campaign trail. Um, I think it's going to be someone standard. I don't think it's going to be anyone revolutionary. I know I've heard, you know, names like Elise Stefanik thrown around, uh, Ben Carson. You know, I don't think it's going to be anyone that's going to be a big shock. I think it's going to be a uh, uh, a standard loyal candidate that's going to just simply... What, what does that mean? In this day and age, I don't even know what that means. What <laughs> does that mean? To, uh, in, in the day and age of the past, you know, you would pick a candidate who's going to change the electoral map, win a home state of theirs, you know, right. bring a new electorate to the table. I think with Donald Trump, he's such a, a force of nature in his own right that the, the, the VP pick is really tertiary, if, if not further down. But what, but what I, I guess, um, you know, it's sort of funny. Uh, I, I was raised, you know, uh, 
that to think that, okay, the reason JFK picked Lyndon Johnson because Lyndon Johnson could, you know, bring Texas in and he needed Texas. And you always hear that kind of stuff. Um, It seems like the the game has changed very dramatically. It doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. Although um, I have to say that my friend Kevin McCullough said uh, yesterday on this program he believes Lee Zeldin may be uh, his pick. Lee Zeldin uh, ran an extraordinary race for governor of New York. So for a Republican to come close uh, to win New York, this was in the last election cycle, it's a pretty big deal. Um, and and Kevin McCullough was making the case that he thinks Trump might uh, you know, swing for the fences and, and try to make even New York, which is traditionally blue state, competitive. Well, I certainly think Trump is putting a lot of effort in his home state, his home city. That was a reason he came to our uh, our 111th annual gala uh, in December. I think he, he cares a lot about this state. And he wants to see uh, the Republican map expand. He is going on the offensive. That's what's great about his style of politics. He's not trying to just defend the states we have. He's trying to break blue walls, break new blue walls, expand the map. And I think that's a great strategy. The Dems do it. We should do it uh, the same. Listen, to go back to what you said about LBJ and, and JFK, I still think some of that holds true. I think for someone like President Trump, uh, he's such a dominating figure that, you know, the VP, it's not going to have the same impact as an LBJ did on the JFK ticket. But to the same extent, I think there are certain groups, certain cohorts, certain demographics that President Trump could use some support with, let's say, you know, more college educated suburbanites, uh, women, mothers, you know, soften his image around those more traditionally Republican crowds that have now moved more to the left, moved more to the Democrat side of things. I think someone like an Elise Stefanik, also from New York, could do that. I think a woman could do that, could soften the ticket. Tulsi Gabbard? Uh, may, who knows? Anything's possible in this day and age. But I think a woman, which is something that he's indicated that he, he is looking into, I think a woman on the ticket would soften the image to certain groups yeah. and certain crowds. Yeah. And I think, you know, if, if you're trying to bring in new cohorts, that's the best way to do it. I don't know if you run someone to his right on the ticket. I don't know if that's going to help unless you're trying to create well, a successor or try to create you know some insurance. I, I, we've got uh, another segment uh, coming up. Uh, I'm talking to Gavin Wax, his brand new book out today, The Emerging Populist majority. Mike Lindell and MyPillow employees want to thank my listeners for all your continued support. To thank you, they're having an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use promo code ERIC and you get free shipping for the entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0, and the brand-new flannel sheets that just arrived and won't last long. Get six-pack towel sets for only $29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers, 100% made in the USA, on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand-new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels that actually absorb. Dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, and so much more to get the best specials ever. Go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code ERIC. Again, MyPillow.com. Use promo code ERIC. Remember, you get free shipping on your entire order. You can call 800-978-3057, 800-978-3057. Use promo code ERIC. Would you like to ride in my beautiful balloon? Would you like to ride? Welcome back. Talking to Gavin Wax, president of New York Young Republican Club and the author of a book out today, The Emerging Populist Majority. Do you think that there is uh, 
any result uh, in today's primary in New Hampshire that would uh, get uh, Nikki Haley to drop out soon, very soon, before South Carolina? I think if she's below 30, I think that's probably a sign for her to drop. And I think, you know, shortly after New Hampshire is finished, we'll see a string of polls coming out about South Carolina. And I think it'll be kind of the same story as we saw with Ron. She's going to have to have a coming to Jesus moment and realize, uh, you know, what the path is forward for her. If she wants to embarrass herself more, if she wants to burn more money and and capital, you know, if she has a suicidal, you know, inclination, then she's more than welcome to Politically, but I think anyone who uh, is is actually looking at this thing uh, in a sober, objective way will have to tell her, "Listen, it's over for you." Especially if you can't get a, a respectable number. What is you know with the emerging populist majority, uh, the title of your book, with this emerging populist majority that we see in America today in the Republican Party under uh, the the battle standard of Donald Trump? Um, wh- what kind of a future do we see for people like Nikki? Haley. I mean, what's she going to be on the board of Boeing? I, I think, honestly, that's probably her best bet. You know, she can collect those fat checks from the military industrial complex, buy a beautiful property off the off the coast and uh, or on the coast in South Carolina, you know, living the good life. Honestly, if that's the best for her, then she should enjoy that with her kids and her retirement and her husband. Uh, but politically speaking, I think her brand of politics is dead in the Republican Party. And I don't think she has any viable political future. I don't think she's ever going to be considered uh, for an appointment within the administration. I mean, Maybe, maybe, depending on how, uh, you know, uh, gracious she is when she drops out and if she's willing to rally behind President Trump, maybe she can save herself and, and get some kind of position because of that. But, uh, you know, th- that that remains to be determined. But, you know, Nikki Haley and the types like her, I think they're all going to have to come to the realization that in 2028 and beyond, uh, if they're not embracing an element of Trumpism and an element of populism, they're DOA. Um, I, I want to... Uh Think about uh, what do you suppose the Democrats are thinking? We forgot about the Democrats for a minute there, folks. Uh, the, the, um, do you think that Biden will be uh, running in November? I do. I think, uh, believe it or not, he is their strongest uh, candidate. He still has this, uh, you know, I don't even know if mystique is the right word, but he still has this sort of, uh, there's still a memory of him being a more moderate, sensible Democrat from 20, 30 yeah, years ago. Yeah, among stupid people. <laughs> well, don't forget it. the stupid people, they vote. Yes. But I mean, honestly, that's what's so amazing to me, is if you're really ignorant, if you know nothing about what's going on, nothing about anything, you're going to remember, you know, it's like the FDR Democrats. Correct. They're kind of like, oh yeah, FDR, he's a people's it's like that's like 50 years ago. Correct. You're still, you know, if you're paying any attention, mm-hmm. you realize that this guy has opened the door to the most satanic versions of wokeism, Marxism. We're no longer talking about the party of Dick Gephardt. <laughs> and yet people still have this kind of like, oh, yeah, Scranton Joe. And believe it or not, it's it's true. It's sad. I think it's obviously declining that percentage of the population that that played a much bigger role in 2020. But I mean, just look at the Democrats bench. They don't have anything much better. Anything they have on their bench and waiting are, are far to his left, are far less uh, have far less appeal, particularly to white working class voters. You're going to talk about Kamala Harris, you know, it, it, it would be a disaster for them. So, the original bird brain, by the way. The original. And, and uh, let's be clear. No, but she, um, look, she, she's an absolute non-issue. But, uh, you know, people are talking about the possibility of Biden stepping aside uh, so that somebody like Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama 
uh, could run or um, Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, you know, there, a lot of people are behind the scenes talking about that kind of thing. Whitmer would certainly be probably the most problematic. I think she uh, is effective as a politician. I mean, Newsom, great hair, great name. Uh, you know, he has his own positives, but at the same time, California, the, the brand there, San Francisco, you know, he was the mayor. Feces. Feces. I mean, he has too many things working against him. He's a slick guy. He certainly has the all-American look. Did I mention feces? Yeah. But, uh, a can lot we of- even believe? Can we believe that in American life we're talking about cities that have been so destroyed right. that we that you could bring up the F word and people are like, yeah, that's re- that's a thing. It's well, that bad. That, that's why we have populism. I mean, if our cities were clean and normal and operating like they were, you know, 30 years ago, maybe you wouldn't have this movement. But because things are so bad and, and, and the cities in particular, you want to talk about, you know, you want to see the future of the country. You go to San Francisco, you go and see the problems they're facing. That's going to be suburban America. That's going to be rural America if things continue the way they're continuing. You know, the, the, the first places to get hit by these policies in a big way are these cities. And if you recognize the problems that are facing the cities, New York, that's where we're at right now, you'll understand that's the future 10, 15 years down the line. So, Well, it, things have to get really, really bad for some people to wake up, and things have gotten really, really bad. I mean, the border crisis, it's beyond, beyond, beyond. It's insane. Yep. Um, and I think a lot of average Americans are just waking up and saying, you know what, this, this isn't going to fly. Now, on the other side of things, um, the Democrats uh, so despise Donald Trump and the Americans that he represents that I wouldn't put it past them to do absolutely anything. Burn down the Reichstag, put a bullet in, try to put a bullet in his head, uh, try to get somebody to put a bullet in his head. Do anything. Yep. A black swan event, some horror, some... Um, let's be clear. This is like dealing with the Chinese communists. They will do literally anything to win. Um, what do you suppose they are capable of doing? Because they, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to, They're not going to step aside for Donald Trump to get his uh, second term. No, you're absolutely correct. I think they're going to do anything and everything they can within their within their power to to stop him. And I think that that goes up until, you know, the potentially uh, a bullet. And uh, I think it's a sad state of affairs that we even have to discuss this. But I think, oh, there's no doubt. But even with you talk about the VP pick, I mean, you know, I mentioned insurance. I think, you know, there's a strong argument to be made if he has a VP to his right, uh, someone that they would be more scared of in many ways. I think that gives him a certain level of insurance. I think that's the way (laughs) you got to think right now in this day and age, but, you know, I think they're going to throw the whole kitchen sink at him once more. I think they got away with a lot during COVID. Uh, It was a unique set of circumstances. I don't know if that's going to be exactly uh, the same this time around, but I also think his popularity has grown. Biden's has decreased. The country has gotten worse. The economy has gotten worse. You know, their their machinations and schemes really work on the margins when you're within a few points. But if we're looking at a race that we're looking at now where he's up five, six points in many of these polls, he's up on the RCP average, it's going to be very hard for them to push that. Uh, in their direction. Uh, I think that's uh, that's true. Well, we'll be talking to you uh, in the months ahead. This could be the most uh, extraordinary year of our lives, 2024. Folks, whatever you're doing, understand you play a role here. You've got a role uh, to play. Uh, check out lettertotheamericanchurch.com. If you dare call yourself a Christian, you better play a role because there's a lot at stake. We're supposed to love our neighbors and we're supposed to do everything we can uh, to save this country for the sake of our neighbors and for the rest of the world that's looking to America. Gavin Wax, thank you for being my guest. The book is The Emerging Populist Majority, out today. Terrific. Leave on. 
Hey there, folks. Welcome back. Uh, I want to mention Socrates Plus. Now, I think I said this yesterday, but this is it's a new digital streaming platform that we have launched, Socrates in the City Plus.com, Socrates in the City Plus.com. If you want to see anything in the future of Socrates in the City, you have to be a member of Socrates Plus. So it's like $5 a month. If you do it for the year, you get two months free. Um, But we've got a lot of upcoming events, and all the live streams will be unavailable unless you're a member of Socrates Plus. If you're a member of Socrates Plus, it's free. So, so the live stream that you know that was set up in the last year or so, which yeah. was a new feature, yeah, uh, that cost was what ten bucks, something like that. Well, yeah, we we would charge ten dollars, and by the way, that was that was a, insanely a cheap, right? So, but but that's no longer available unless you you now have to be a member of Socrates Plus to watch the Socrates events, and we got a lot of Socrates events coming up, and I want to mention uh, February eighth, yeah, in Seattle. We have a Socrates event. I can't believe it's coming up so quick. February 8th in Seattle, Socrates in the City event with John West. We're talking C.S. Lewis, scientism. Very, very excited to have John West. He's the, the head of the Discovery Institute. And um, the Discovery Institute, they're, they're the greatest. Yeah, like half yeah. of my Socrates guests come from the Discovery yeah. Institute. They've been on this program. But that event is happening in Seattle. Now, by the way, if you're in the Seattle area or can get there, you want to be there in person. It's, it's, a, it's, it's very, very um, special to be there in person. But most people can't get there. And if you want to watch it live, you have to go to SocratesInTheCityPlus.com and sign up. So I want to be very clear that we're shifting things now. Yeah, so that we're, we're getting with the times. To act right to access most of the content, and we have filmed an entire season already of Socrates in the Studio. Yeah, and those are basically Socrates in the City conversations without the audience of two hundred fifty people. Um, we just aired. Well, we put them all out, but um, some of you know uh, the guests that that we have in this first season. We have Andrew Claven. Uh, we have Margarita Mooney talking about beauty. Wonderful. Wonderful conversation. Hadley Arcus. Hadley Arcus, again, one of the greatest legal minds ever. I mean, he's, he's a genius. Uh, he taught at Amherst for 50 years, but also very delightful to, and fun to talk to. Yeah. So we had a conversation about natural law. You, you get a real education, frankly. Socrates in the City is about the life of the mind. So I guess I say this to people, and I might as well say it here, when people ask me, well, what's, what's Socrates in the City? What is this stuff? A big part of it is the life of the mind, that you, know, you graduate college and you want to continue to be living in the world of ideas and, and you know, thinking and exploring truth. Uh, and, and that's what Socrates uh, Plus will enable you to do because we're going to have way more. We used to just you know, do an event now and again, but we've now filmed an entire season of Socrates in the Studio. So you got Socrates in the City events, you got Socrates in the Studio events, and then we have a number of other programs. When you go to Socrates Plus, you'll see the other programs. The one that I'm most excited about is a gentleman's guide. Yeah. It's going to freak you out, yeah, people. It's, it's sort of like a, you know the old Anthony Bourdain show, but it's you. It's way better than and, Anthony Bourdain. Uh, it's, it's more, the, the subject matter is about you know, being a gentleman and how to do that. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know if I'm buying that. Well, you know. Something like that. Well, it's, it's, it's terrific. All right, so SocratesInCityPlus.com. Uh, check it out. Uh, sign up. Sign your kids up. 
Um, letter to the American Church.com, letter to the American Church.com. We need your help uh, in getting the word out. It is exciting. Free screenings available for churches only. It's, it's terrific. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.